my all in all. My love is unconditional. Good things come to those who wait. I know your love was worth the wait. My life is complete. Now I found you. No need to search no more. I found what I'm looking for. We've got the real thing, baby. In you I have no doubts. This is what it's all about. We've got the real thing, baby. The way I feel, you're the reason. Cause what we have will last through all seasons. To those who wait, I know your love was worth the wait. My life is complete. Now I found you. No need to search no more. I found what I'm looking for. We've got the real thing, baby. In you, I have no doubts. This is what it's all about. We've got the real Make 
make you feel so fine. Me chat and me lyric, me chat them in a rhyme. Me not eat like me full up a rhyme. Cause yellow man him not commit no crime. Cause zoom go zoom go go zoom go zen. Zoom go zoom go go zoom go zen. Hey, go shum pen, go shu shu shum pen. Hey, go shum pen, go shu shu shum pen. Say if you have a start, you must have a end. Say if you have a paper, you pass me the pen. But tell your yellow man I'm too much girlfriend. Can't offer the matter, but me not a no girlfriend. You a idiot, boy, me have a hundred and ten. Say all of them, them a be yellow children. All of them, them a be yellow children. Some live a Kingston, I don't have me a pen. No of them a ask me how me have no girlfriend too. Arguments I have no arguments, Lord. Arguments I have no arguments. Me enter in the house of Parliament. Prime Minister and his wife have to keep silent. A true yellow man a chat intelligent. They put me in the court, the judge say you're innocent too. Arguments I have no arguments. Sanja should have be if me girlfriend. Hey, lady Anne should have be me girlfriend. Make a zoom go zoom.
the stairs and come Cause if you don't come quick you're not gonna see your son So I grab a bunch of roses and I started to run Here I come, I come Two months later she said come and get your son Cause I don't want your baby to come find me down That cause you are old and I am young Yes while I'm young yes I wanna have some fun Run me down Cause I'm broad, I'm broad, I'm broader than Broadway I'm broad, I'm broad, I'm broader than Broadway Shiddly wop, shiddly wop, shiddly wop, shiddly wop, shiddly Good morning to all of our listeners logged on to Future FM 98.9 in the Bronx, Westchester, and Mount Vernon. Thank you to our internet listeners who are logged on to FutureFM.net, QMZRadio.com, and JanoRadio.com. Good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. Thank you for being here with me. It is Thursday, September 22. 2022 ah 22 22 it is retro thursday hashtag tbt throwback thursday today we're playing songs from the 80s 90s and early 2000s thank you for joining me for coffee and tow world news on the go every monday through friday starting at 9 a.m to 12 p.m eastern where i read the news and we share our views follow me on twitter at me media moments mi media moments on instagram moments underscore with underscore me underscore media and on tiktok moments with me media and the me in everything is mi and here are the headlines we have coming up for you today we have a lot going on starting off with international headlines russia ukraine abuses make your blood run cold said president joe biden north korea denies sending weapons to russia tells us to shut up <laughs> world leaders pledge billions to fight aids tb and malaria in news out of North America, House passes new bill that would target election tampering and theft following the January 6th attack. Two people finally have stepped up to claim nearly $2 billion in Mega Millions lottery prize. They need to um, actually say it's 400 and something million, right? And after they split it, everybody gets 200 and something million. If I were one, I wouldn't be complaining though. I'd be very grateful. California mother and daughter duo plead not guilty to murder after woman dies from illegal butt implant. Former officer Thomas Lane sentenced to three years in state prison for aiding George Floyd's death. DOGJ can resume criminal probe of classified documents from Mar-a-Lago. Appeals court says on with it, they say. Art of the Steel. Trump accused of vast fraud in New York suit. Letitia James is not playing. She did not come to play. Florida has an extensive network of white supremacists and other far-right extremists. And this is according to an ADL report. In business and tech news... 
content creators to receive 45% of revenue from ads on YouTube Shorts. Huh, I need to get busy there. For anyone who is a content creator, you may want to definitely hear that story. Walmart and Target push to lower credit card fees. No health and sounds news, no sports news today. It's on to the Caribbean corner. The headlines from there. Tropical disturbance given high chance of development. CARICOM chairman talks Haiti and Russia-Ukraine war with Canadian Prime Minister. In Barbados, school here rules still dread. Teacher tells a student to remove locks. Come on, people. Grenada establishes commission on cannabis legislation and regulation. In Jamaica, the weather evacuate the keys and banks immediately. And this is according to the Med Service. Survivor of mass shooting at football match tells how he escaped. Jamaica set to become major player in medical cannabis industry. And this is according to Dunn. Out of Trinidad and Tobago, launch of Carnival 2023 has been postponed. In Latin America, U.S. Embassy in Cuba to process full immigrant visas starting in 2023. In Believe It or Not stories, Michigan Attorney General candidate Matthew DePerno asks, What is Plan B? before calling for it to be banned like fentanyl. Wow, by any means necessary. Ladies, you're not free. Ohio man who claimed to be an African prince convicted after scamming investors out of thousands. In entertainment news, Nelly says he is the reason for the price increase of Nike Air Force Ones. We ain't get no residuals. PNB Rock's murder investigation expands to possible past beefs. And Tiffany Haddish says she lost all of her gigs over child molestation lawsuit. She said, I lost everything. And we're going to have the details of these stories coming up right after this one from Fram. I'm talking really lap shows today from Pam Hall.
Thank you to all the listeners tuned in on Future FM 98.9. Up there in the Bronx, Westchester and Mount Vernon, I'll be with you until the top of the hour. Thank you to our listeners logged on to futurefm.net, qmzradio.com, johnoradio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me, and you're listening to Coffee and Joe World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. It is Retro Thursday, hashtag TBT, Throwback Thursday. We're playing music from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Coming up right now, it is the international news. And to get us started, President Biden says Russia's Ukraine abuses make your blood run cold. This story courtesy of the Associated Press. President Joe Biden declared at the United Nations on Wednesday that Russia has shamelessly violated the core tenets of the international body with its war in Ukraine as he summoned nations around the globe to stand firm in backing the Ukrainian resistance. Delivering a forceful condemnation of Russia's seven-month invasion, Biden said reports of Russian abuses against civilians and its efforts to ease Ukraine and its culture should make your blood run cold. He referenced President Vladimir Putin's announcement on Wednesday that he had ordered a partial mobilization of reservists, a deeply unpopular step that sparked protests in Russia. And Putin's new nuclear threats against Europe showed reckless disregard for Russia's responsibility as a signer of the treaty on the non-proliferation of nuclear weapons, Biden said. He also criticized Russia for scheduling sham referenda this week in territory it has forcibly seized in Ukraine. All right, then. Speak up, speak out. North Korea denies sending weapons to Russia and tells the U.S. to shut up. <laughs> when I read the headline, I'm just thinking about that African song. Shut up. Bambendoa. I'm sorry, let, let me get serious for a second. This story courtesy of Al Jazeera News. North Korea says it has never supplied weapons to Russia and has no plans to do so, condemning U.S. claims of arms transfers for the Ukraine war as an attempt to tarnish the country's image. In a statement released by the Korean Central News Agency on Thursday, an unnamed North Korean defense official said the United States and other hostile forces were spreading a rumor of arms dealings between Pyongyang 
and Moscow. We strongly condemn and sternly warn the U.S. over spreading such anti-DPRK rhetoric, the officials said, using the abbreviations for the formal name of North Korea. We have never exported weapons or ammunition to Russia before, and we will not plan to export them, the official added. The denial came weeks after Vidant Patel, deputy spokesperson for the U.S. Department of State, told reporters that Russia is in the process of purchasing millions of rockets and artillery shells from North Korea for use in Ukraine. The White House later called it a potential purchase, with National Security Spokesperson John Kirby clarifying that have been no indications that purchase has been completed and certainly no indications that those weapons are being used inside of Ukraine. Earlier this month, newly declassified intelligence reports from the U.S. said Russia was buying millions of artillery shells and rockets from North Korea, but did not go into detail. I remember when that story came up and we did um, highlight it right here on Coffee and Toe. Well, glad to know that they have corrected their statement. You know, you got to be careful what you put out there. Got to be careful the rhetoric and the narrative that you promote, right? Uh, fact check, fact check, fact check, okay? Get it together, White House. Get it together. Our next story from the international. Oh, I'm sorry, Javette, go right ahead. I'm sorry. Good morning. Good morning. No problem. I just think that our um, political system has went down a good 10 or 12 notches in the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. It's a shame that they have to backtrack something Mm -hmm. like that. Just a shame. I yield. I agree with you. I totally agree. There ought to be far more responsibility, right? You cannot be this... um, loose for the want of a better term and i put that in quotations you cannot be so loose you cannot be a loose cannon out there with information misinformation so while social media platforms are fact checking and uh uh, let me let me find a nice word to say while they are disciplining content creators for putting out information which is um sourced i want to say from some news outlets and to some degree they're even banning some content creators how about we fact check you know turn your attention to the administration at hand right hold them responsible to 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 a large degree because they are allowed to pump whatever propaganda whatever narrative whatever story whatever belief whatever you want to call it through the various um journalism mediums right and it's accepted it's okay they can do it fact check everybody that's what i'm gonna say i agree with you javette wholeheartedly wholeheartedly so our final story on the international scene world leaders pledge billions to fight aids tb and malaria story courtesy of al jazeera news The Global Fund to Fight AIDS, Tuberculosis, and Malaria has secured $14.25 billion in crucial new funding after decades of progress against the diseases was derailed by the COVID-19 pandemic. United States President Joe Biden, who hosted the conference in New York City on the sidelines of the annual high-level meeting of the United Nations General Assembly, said the funding, the highest amount 
ever pledged for a multilateral health organization is crucial in combating the diseases. He said this is an investment that will save another 20 million lives, reduce mortality from these diseases, and another 64% in the next four years. The fund, a public-private alliance set up in 2002, is seeking $18 billion for its next three-year funding cycle from governments, civil society, and the private sector. Before Wednesday's conference, it had already raised more than a third of the total. What's happened today is actually an unparalleled mobilization of resources for global health. And that's according to Global Fund Executive Director Peter Sands. Thank you all for stepping up, especially in a challenging global economic environment. And I ask you to keep it going, urged Biden. I don't think some people are going to be too happy with hearing the numbers thrown out as it relates to the, num- the millions of lives that can be saved, especially when you have certain head figures saying that the world is overpopulated and we need to thin it out. I think what that's my humble opinion. I think what that's going to do is lead to the. You know what? Let me stop. I think you all know where I'm headed with that one. <laughs> So we had COVID-19, what's next? And I'll just stop right there, all right? In stories out of North America, House passes new bill that would target election tampering and theft following January 6th attack. The House has passed a bill that targets future elections from being tampered with or stolen. Yes, sir. New story courtesy of BallerAlert.com. In a 229 to 203 vote this past Wednesday, the United States House of Representatives signed off on a bill that seeks to block any tampering with elections. The bill would change the 1887 Electoral Count Act by solidifying the vice president's role in overseeing the Electoral College count after each election is legitimately ministerial, according to NBC News. If... Your aim is to prevent future efforts to steal elections. I would respectfully suggest that conservatives should support this bill, said Representative Liz Cheney on the floor. If instead your aim is to leave open the door for elections to be stolen in the future, you might decide not to support this or any other bill to address the Electoral Count Act. Cheney went on to say, Our bill will preserve the rule of law for all future uh, presidential elections by ensuring that self-interested politicians cannot steal from the people that guarantee that our government derives its power from the consent of the governed. All right, then. I think that's a smart move because um, had not that been done, I do believe that there would be future attempts, not knowing, you know, in the future, as we go down the road when you know things don't go the way people want it to go you know so thank you for sorting that out for us yeah next up two people claim nearly two billion dollars yeah you remember that lottery prize that we said last week that no one had come forward to claim yet well two people have stepped forward congratulations to them imagine 
winning the lottery only to find out someone else has also won the same jackpot you have that's the situation for two lucky peeps who came forward as the winners of 1.34 billion dollars story courtesy of baller alert both tickets were purchased in july at a speedway gas station in des plains and i hope i pronounced that right or is it des plains i don't know both winners have decided to split the money both winners chose to stay anonymous and they both opted to receive a lump sum payment of 780.5 million dollars so that cuts them down to 350 they're about a piece right 350 something some, if my math I'm, my math ain't the best but around there and that's according to a cnn report i've been working for the illinois lottery for over five years and this is by far the largest prize i've ever had to process when we met with the winners lawyers there was a real buzz of excitement in the room said illinois lottery claims manager luis rodriguez it's a surreal feeling giving away this amount of money and knowing what a huge impact this is going to make on the winners lives and for others close to them as well it was an incredible feeling just to be part of that process so i can only imagine how the winners themselves are feeling Rodriguez went on to say, thank you, CNN, for that report. Yes, that's a life-changing amount. And I'm glad that they have um, used the services of lawyers or attorneys. Um, there is a difference, they say, between an attorney and a lawyer. They say one practice is able to practice in more than one state because they, you know, they get that qualification. And then one just practices in one state. I don't know how true it is. That's what I've heard in the u.s there's a difference between an attorney and a lawyer but um i'll look more into that but i'm happy for these people what i will say though is keep your mouth shut don't even think about uttering it to everyone especially since you have already secured an attorney um because people will come out of the woodworks and this is the quickest way to go broke i will also say if you intend to um make changes do it very gradually right best advice keep a low-key simple life you will not be a target right because somebody's looking to see how they can sue you everybody has a medical bill that needs up needs some um, money for medical um issues everybody used to look after you everybody got a story and everybody all of a sudden you're related <laughs> to laugh, it's true it is true it can be a blessing and a curse, Javette. It can be a blessing and a curse, right? I hope one day to find out. Me too. And I will definitely be using the services of a lawyer. Um, so nobody's going to know if, um, not if, if I, well, not if, when. Let's claim it, Javette. We're going to claim it. When we are blessed with that windfall, I know what I'll be doing. I know. Will I be helping family? Undoubtedly. With, are there some people I'm going to help? Yes. Are there organizations out of help? Yes. But you will not know it's coming from me. That's all I'm going to say. You won't know it's coming from me. Yeah. Facts. Yep. You see, that's where an attorney definitely comes in handy. And you know what? If the attorney out of $350 million, the attorney says it's $3 million for the fee. Pay the fee. Don't even squint your eyes. Pay the fee. It's worth your peace of mind, folks. It is. All right. So next up, 
A California mother and daughter duo plead not guilty to murder after a woman dies from illegal butt implants. Story courtesy of Al Jazeera News. On Tuesday, a California mother and daughter pleaded not guilty to murder after they were accused of performing an illegal butt implant that resulted in death. Following the death of 26-year-old Carissa Raj Paul, 52-year-old Libby Adam, and I hope I'm pronouncing her last name correctly, and her 24-year-old daughter, Alicia Galas, were also being charged with practicing medicine without a license. It is alleged that Adam and Galas advertised their low-rate, cash-based operation on social media before being arrested for the woman's death in October 2019. According to the Los Angeles County Coroner's Office, Raj Paul's death was ruled a homicide. Records show that she suffered from acute cardiopulmonary dysfunction and had silicone intramuscular intravascular silicone injections. Before her fatal buttocks surgery, Raj Paul had two similar procedures in LA to pursue a career in adult film. Following the arrests, the Los Angeles Police Department stated that the procedure involved injecting an uncontained liquid silicone substance right into the buttocks to enhance them. According to police, the uncontained silicone can enter the bloodstream and cause embolisms, resulting in severe illness or death. During the procedure, Adam and Galas called 911 after complications arose and left Rajpal at the scene and she was pronounced dead at the hospital. The suspects fled the scene without identifying or informing the paramedics of the cosmetic procedure for proper life-saving protocols to be initiated. As a result, the victim died in an emergency room with tending physicians unaware of the silicone injection, police said. Suspect Adam and Galas are a mother and daughter team that performed these inherently unsafe FDA unapproved cosmetic buttocks augmentations. Neither is a licensed medical provider in California and their clients were recruited through Instagram. Adam and Galas are currently free and on bond and are scheduled to return to court on November 3, where it will be determined if a trial is warranted. <sighs> They're going to run. Oh, my gosh. Javette, what is um, so sad is that we have a lot of, the, I call them chop shops, right? Just like you have those cars, chop shops for cars. I call them chop shops. We have them here in Miami right we have seen situations stories sad stories um horrific outcomes where they're putting cement in people's bottoms but the people who are seeking the services to get these enhancements can you allow common sense to prevail please do your due diligence you are going under the knife you are going under general anesthesia which is a risk even in the hands of the most qualified. There is no guarantee when you go in for surgery. That's why they have you sign that waiver. You know that, right? There is no guarantee that you're going to come out alive. And that's why they ask you to if you have a will. You know that, right? Yeah. There is absolutely zero guarantee that you're going to come out alive. 
And this is going into a hospital. So what says somebody who don't even have them proper licensing? You want the butt so bad, but you're not doing the, your due diligence to do your checks? Huh? Cash only? Red flag. Now, where did they perform this? Hold on, let me see. Just left the scene. It didn't say where it was. If It was in a home or something. And I would implore anybody... Um, the price, price, what you pay for is what you're going to get to, right? Understand that. When you step into the facility to have this proceed, these procedures or the procedure done, look, be observant, look around. Does it look like a medical facility? Ask questions, do your research. This desperation to enhance your body because you want to get into the film, adult film industry shall be the death of you if you fail to do your part. There are safe places where you can get these um, enhancements done. And if you can't afford it, don't do it. And listen. You're trying to get into the adult film industry. You probably don't look the way a mainstream um, <laughs> producer wants you to look. There are alternatives on the internet. Get your coins together there. And then when you have enough money, you can go and get the enhancement done properly. No shortcuts. If they don't run... I hope they get exactly the full extent of what they can be charged. I hope so too. The nerve that they call 911 and then leave. The nerve. Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. And unfortunately, with this new law against women, we're going to have a lot more chop shops, as you call them. Yep. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't know what we're going to do. We spoke, what, wasn't it earlier this week or was it last week, Javette? We spoke about the BBLs and the risks and we spoke about um, mental well-being as it relates to acceptance of self. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was last week. Yeah. You know, it's so unfortunate. I hope they get a. I hope they show up in court. I really hope they do. Let them have their day. Our next story: Former Officer Thomas Lane sentenced to three years in state prison for aiding George Floyd's death. Thomas Lane, the ex-Minneapolis officer who held down George Floyd's legs in the 2020 incident that led to his death was sentenced to three years in prison on Wednesday on a state charge of aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter. He pleaded guilty to the charges in May. Lane is already serving a two-and-a-half-year federal sentence in a Colorado facility for violating Floyd's civil rights. 
As far as the state case, prosecutors and the former officer's attorneys jointly agreed to a recommended sentence of three years, which is below the sentencing guidelines. It was also agreed that Lane would serve his state sentence concurrently with his federal sentence. He's already received credit for 31 days already served. Lane held down Floyd's legs as Officer Derek Chauvin pinned him to the ground with his knee on his neck during the May 2020 arrest attempt. Officer J. Alexander Kiong knelt on Floyd's back and Officer Tao Tao kept bystanders, bystanders rather from intervening. Lane, Tao and Kiong were all convicted in February on federal charges of violating George Floyd's civil rights by failing to intervene or provide medical aid as Chauvin kneeled on the back of Floyd's neck for more than nine minutes. Last year, Chauvin was convicted in state court of second-degree unintentional murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. He was sentenced to more than 22 years in prison. He also pleaded guilty to federal charges of violating Floyd's civil rights in December and was sentenced to 21 years in federal prison in July. But I'd like to understand why only three years? Because you held, what was it? Hold on. You held down his legs? Yeah. Lane held down Floyd's legs. So you were helping, aiding and abetting. Is three years sufficient in our opinion? Our humble opinion. Morning, everyone. Good morning, James. Yeah, I, I think I think the three years is okay. Um, I think some of these officers, because like in the American police force, like it seemed to be like an extension of like white supremacy, like the, the Klan or whatever. You know, so a lot of police officers like because I, I, I kind of feel bad for like the, the, the Asian officer because in some sense you know there are multiple stories out there of officers who, who step up like mainly black officers um, female officers who, who see that um, people are being violated and step up and say something and it costs them their job or some of them end up dying so it's it's almost like there's this this like white supremacist club that some of these officers when when they're seeing certain things like they're afraid to step forward because of repercussions so i can see like some of those officers like because even when you see when when you see some of the footage like the the the, the asian officer didn't look he didn't look comfortable when you see some of the footage but you can see that like a lot of them can't even say anything. But I just think like this should be a lesson like for like so-called minority police officers to kind of form some kind of group to say, look, we need we need to protect ourselves, like, you know, or we need to have each other's back. Like if in the event of anything like this happen and we're not comfortable and we are reporting officers for like act of like um, racism and stuff like that, that we don't get targeted, lose our jobs or ending up losing our lives. So 
because of that, I, I, I think I think it's reasonable. So I have some pushback on that. Yes, go right ahead, Javette, because I have it too. <laughs> go ahead, Javette. We're not ganging I, up on you, James. Don't worry. We're not ganging up. <laughs> go ahead, Javette. I, I agree that more officers probably need to come together to form something to protect themselves, but it would have been very easy for him to just, to just push the people off of the men. Exactly. Just as simple. He, if he didn't want to report it, that's fine. But he could have said, stop. He could have pulled them off. He could have done something instead of just standing there. Facts. So with what you just said, it's like the man or the officer chose his life over the supposed life of the law and protect or whatever the decreed is. So he chose his life over the man that was dying there on the floor. I don't know. Three years, you can never bring back a life. No, that's not enough. Not enough. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, now, I do agree with some things you said, James, right? Um, let this be an eye-opener for other minority officers. It, it doesn't even have to be a minority officer. For any officer, period. Let it be an eye-opener. But I have to stand with Javette on this one. I don't think three years is sufficient. You stood there with sound mind. You had sound mind. You were fully aware of what you were doing. When you saw this man's life leaving his body, why didn't you jump up and grab Chauvin off him and say, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop. Somebody call 911. Nobody did anything. The other officer who, when the nurse who was in, uh, was it nurse or EMT who was in um, civilian clothing, wanted to approach to help, they told him, back up. As far as I'm concerned, they all should be sitting in, in, in the prison with um, Chauvin because they all contributed to his death. That, that's how I feel. Yeah, the, the reason why I said that, those moments is because the, the the story that made it um to the mainstream media like years ago uh, 10 15 years ago with that black officer that um reported i think it was a female officer that 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 did something um unethical and and, and someone end up dying and reported this and this guy reported the officer and because of what happened in in, in the force this guy, just imagine you're there and you see like an officer did something wrong against what you know, like your morals or even protocols in the police force. You as a police officer reported it. You end up losing your job. Remember, lose your job, lose your pension, lose everything. And this guy was an army veteran that, you know, went to war and see stuff happen in war. And to come back to your own country and to see like someone that looked like you end up dying because of something wrong that the police officer did. You stepped up and you reported it to multiple. Like he reported it to, to his immediate um, um, superior um, and nothing happened. He took it a step higher. And when he took it a step higher, he lost his job. He lost everything and then decided to take things in his own hands 
and went on a killing spree and started killing police officers. And that was the one that made it to mainstream. There are numerous um, cases but that James, don't make it to like CNN. Yeah. But hold on a second. Um, okay, go ahead, Amir Rosolo. Go ahead. Go ahead. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Rosolo. And James, we're not ganging up on you. And I hope <laughs> you're making a wonderful meal today. Please send me my picture for lunch. Um, but I understand what you're saying, James. But this is the George Floyd. I don't want to go back 15 years. I want to stay in the present in the current time. And to Javette's point, it's simple. I understand what you're saying. I understand that, you know, certain things happened to this particular cop how many years ago. But this was this was eight, nine minutes of someone's knee in his neck. He could have moved the man. It's a simple, whatever the consequences, it's a human being. I agree with moments. They should all, they should all be in jail right there. I, I don't, there's, there's no, I understand what you're saying, James, but for me, in the George Floyd situation, there is no excuse for that to happen. There were too many cops, too many people around. Somebody moved, somebody, I understand that um, civilians wouldn't move because we know what would happen, but uh, another, uh, another cop, the, the Asian cop didn't do anything. He just stood there with his eyes wide open, looking confused and telling people to turn their cameras off and telling people to back up. Mm-hmm. He didn't say to this, his off, the other officer, man, get your foot, get your knee off his neck. He was telling the civilians to back away, to stop filming. That part. Just as much time. He deserves just as much time as the rest of them. All of them. Good, Stay in there good morning. The rest of your life. Yes, so. Yes, morning, so. Chief. Morning, Chief. Yes, so. Listen. <laughs> I beg, I beg, I beg. Morning, Chief. Welcome. Morning, Kosi Wahala. This is rubbish. <laughs> Listen, this, all we have to do is understand what the, what the oath of a law enforcement officer is. The oath of every law enforcement officer is to defend the rights, the constitutional rights of every citizen. That is your, that is your oath as an officer. If you see the rights of a citizen being violated beyond what is necessary. That is called excessive force. You have an excessive force policy in the police department for a reason. So if other officers see excessive force, they have a responsibility to force by any means. They are supposed to relieve that victim of that type of oppression because they have an oath to defend the constitutional right. What is your constitutional right? 14th Amendment, right? The, the opportunity to get equal protection under the law. You're not being protected at that point. In fact, you don't even have to protect yourself because you're not the victim in that case. None of them are the victims in that case. They are in a position to protect the, 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 the constitutional rights of that citizen. There is no loss. The only loss is your dignity. The only loss is your humanity. The only loss is your, your understanding of what it means to protect and defend citizens of the United States of America. They are all guilty as charged. Court is dismissed. Court is dismissed. Boom. Un yes. Sorry, James. Can't agree with you. Sorry, sir. But and 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 yes, I have to agree with Rosola. We can't go back fifteen years because as 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 I was listening to you explain the situation, there are two different cases. If you ask me, at least one to 
took the initiative. This one didn't. Opposite ends of the spectrum. It is time for me to take a quick break as I wrap up the on-air stream for FutureFM.net. We'll be right back to continue the conversation. Thank you to all the listeners who tuned in on Future FM 98.9 in the Bronx, Westchester, and Mount Vernon, and who were listening online at futurefm.net. Thank you so much for tuning in to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. You can follow me on Twitter at me media moments on Instagram moments underscore with underscore me underscore media and on TikTok moments with me media and the media and everything the me sorry and everything is MI. I do invite you to join us on QMZRadio.com and JohnnoRadio.com. Thank you so much. See you next week. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And good morning to all of our listeners who are with us on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and of course, everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. You are listening to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Retro Thursday TBT Hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday We're playing music from the 80s and 90s And early 2000s I gotta pull this one back up Marcy Griffiths Am I really hearing you
All right. Thank you so much, Clubhouse, QMZRadio.com, and JanoRadio.com. We are back live, and we're going to continue the discussion. The topic we left off on was the former officer Thomas Lane sentenced to three years in state prison for aiding George Floyd's death. And um, in the chat on Clubhouse, Chief put, that I shall, in recognition of my service as a peacekeeper first, do no harm, that I will upload and safeguard the sanctity of life, and that I will shield and protect my community from those who would seek to cause harm. This is a segment of their oath. Thank you for posting that, Chief. Thank you for posting that. Anyone who seeks to become an officer of the law, understand your responsibility yes you may feel brainwashed yes you or you may be brainwashed yes you may be silenced but always seek to do that which is right if you pursue what is right and you are fought in the process at least you have that as your evidence that i tried but when you don't try and you're complicit you contributed wholeheartedly by either driving people away who were trying to intervene and help, refusing to stop a fellow officer from killing someone who is on the ground. I'm sorry, I have no compassion for you. Three years is not enough. You need to be sitting right there along with um, Derek Chauvin. All of you. And here's the thing why I feel no pity for him. There are many of them who, even though they're classified as minorities, right? They identify as white and think that they're better than. I'm sorry. That's all I'm going to say on that one. I'm done right there. <laughs> yeah, always. You see, the thing is, with America, America is it's very tricky because... James, please. No, 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 James, just leave it. Let's leave it, yeah, leave it, leave it James, because there's no defending <laughs> him from any no, angle. Not, no, I'm not defending him. He, he should be in prison, but I don't think the same time, I don't think he, he gets the same sentence. You might say, like, okay, three years is, a, is like, not enough, like, maybe five to ten, but I don't think the same, you know, so... That's the point. And I and I just said like when you're looking at these these stories. Can you have we to agree look to disagree, James? Can we agree to disagree and just okay, move we'll, on, we'll agree yeah. to disagree. We're gonna we yeah. agree to disagree. <laughs> yes, because yeah, yeah. Let, let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. <laughs> good morning to everyone just joining us. Thank you so much for being here. Good morning, Miss Me, and good morning, Altana. Morning, Zanette. Our next story up in the stories out of North America. DOJ can resume criminal probe of classified documents from Mar-a-Lago, the appeals court says. Story courtesy of CNN Politics. A federal appeals court is allowing the Justice Department to continue looking at documents marked as classified that were seized from former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home and resort. The emergency intervention upends a trial judge's order over those documents that had blocked federal investigators' work on the documents. And 
is a strong rebuke of the Trump team's attempt to suggest without evidence that materials were somehow declassified. Trump's options to block the criminal investigation are now dimming with one of his only remaining possibilities being an emergency request to the Supreme Court. The ruling was issued by a three-judge panel of the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, two of whom were nominated by Trump. A special master's review of that subset of about 100 records, which would have allowed Trump's legal team to see them, is now partially stopped. The special master, Judge Raymond Deary, is able to continue his work reviewing the rest of the material seized from Mar-a-Lago to make sure records belonging to Trump or that he may be able to claim are confidential are not used by investigators. Those records, which prosecutors have said contain highly sensitive national security information, are at the heart of the criminal investigation into the mishandling of federal records after the Trump presidency. Concern over them was a major factor that prompted the Justice Department and a court to authorize the unprecedented search of the former president's home. And things are steaming up for him. That, 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 what can I say? Not looking too cute for him right now. <laughs> it's all Trump news on the, on the U.S. <laughs> but it's what he likes. He likes being the center of attention and he's getting exactly what he likes. Art of the steel. Trump accused of vast fraud in New York suit. And this is why I had the, the, the topic for the room. Leticia did not come out to play. She ain't, she ain't playing with y'all. <laughs> According to the Associated Press, courtesy of WSVN Miami, former President Donald Trump padded his net worth by billions of dollars and habitually misled banks and others about the value of prized assets like golf courses, hotels, and his Mar-a-Lago estate. New York's Attorney General said on Wednesday in a lawsuit that seeks to permanently disrupt the Republicans' ability to do business in the state. Attorney General Letitia James dubbed it the art of the steel. The lawsuit filed in a state court in Manhattan is the culmination of the Democrats' three-year civil investigation into Trump and the Trump Organization. Trump's three eldest children, Donald Jr., Ivanka, and Eric Trump, were also named as defendants along with two longtime company executives. In its 22, well, 222 pages, let me get that number right. In its 222 pages, the suit struck at the core of what made Trump famous. Taking a black light to the image of wealth and opulence he's embraced throughout his career, first as a real estate developer, then as a reality TV host on The Apprentice, and later as president. It details dozens of instances of alleged fraud, many involving claims made on annual financial statements that Trump would give to banks, business associates, and financial magazines as proof of his riches as he sought loans and deals. For example, according to the lawsuit, Trump claimed his Trump Tower apartment, a three-story penthouse replete with gold-plated fixtures, was nearly three times its actual size and valued the property at $327 million. No apartment in New York City has ever sold for close to that amount, James said. Trump applied similar 
fuzzy math to his Mar-a-Lago estate in Palm Beach, Florida, the lawsuit alleged, by valuing the private club and residence as high as $739 million, more than 10 times a more reasonable estimate of its worth. Trump's figure is based on the idea that the property could be developed for residential use, but deed terms prohibit that. This investigation revealed that Donald Trump engaged in years of illegal conduct to inflate his net worth, to deceive banks and the people of the great state of New York, James said at a news conference. Claiming you have money that you do not have does not amount to the art of the deal. It's the art of the steel, she said, referring to the title of Trump's 1987 memoir, the art of the deal. James said the investigation also uncovered evidence of potential criminal violations, including insurance fraud and bank fraud, but that her office was referring those findings to outside authorities for further investigation. Trump, in a post to his Truth social platform, decried the lawsuit as another witch hunt and denounced James as a fraud who campaigned on a Get Trump platform. Trump's lawyer, Alina Habel, said the allegations are meritless and that the lawsuit is neither focused on the facts nor the law. Rather, it is solely focused on advancing the attorney general's political agenda. In the lawsuit, James asked the court to ban Trump and his three eldest children from ever again running a company based in the state. She's also seeking payment of at least $250 million, which she said was the estimated worth of benefits derived from the alleged fraud. And she wants Trump and the Trump organization from, you know, to be banned from entering into commercial real estate acquisitions for five years, among other sanctions. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Hold it together, Bob. It's hold it together. You know what's annoying? <laughs> Lord, forgive me. And this has been ongoing. I, when did I start coughing to? Um, since the beginning of the year, right? And I, you know what? Let me leave it to, let me leave it. Let me leave it. Let me leave it. Let me leave it. Russell, I think you know what I'm referring to. Uh, let me leave it alone. So in a lawsuit, James asked the court to ban his three children from ever again running a company based in that state. But is that enough? Is that enough? Do we think that this is the end of the road for him? Is he going to find a way out of this one? What's coming up with him now? How is he going to escape this one? And I, I'm pretty sure that Leticia has um, done her homework. I think she is a force to be reckoned with and she's not playing. She's saying you can fool who you want to fool, but you ain't going to fool me. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> go right ahead. Go right. She is indeed one of those people who does her homework. She has been fighting this man since she was in Brooklyn. And mm. she just kept pushing it when she got into this current position, AG, for the city of New York. She is a force to be reckoned with. And she, I mean, I've, I've known of her since I lived in New York. 
because she was um, a representative for our area in Brooklyn and then Fort Greene. And I am, I'm just like extremely happy to see her rise. And, and I, I want to continue to support her and I hope that she does. I hope she does get this man finally. She's been trying and she keeps getting roadblocks. Mm-hmm. And I hope that she can finally get this man sorted. Yeah. And his family. And his corporation. Mm. Get them all and throw them all in that bin. And after that, throw them in a jail and lock them up forever. Tell us how you know really feel. <laughs> <laughs> this is a civil case. This is a civil case. It's not a criminal case. Yeah. But the civil case could stop them from doing business for quite a lot of years. And I hope that she's successful because they are cheats, liars, and crooks. Yep. I'm done speaking. Yep. Thank you, Sinat. How can listen to this name, Weaselberg? That's one of his executives who were named in the um, lawsuit. <laughs> With a name like Weaselberg, it's Weaselberg. It's Weaselberg. <laughs> well, I'm gonna pronounce it Weaselberg. And then, you remember? Have you seen? No, you probably have you seen Fro- Frozen? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's from Weaselton. It's Weaselton, Weaselton. So I'm gonna say, <laughs> but I, I'm sorry, uh, I digress. <laughs> gosh with it it, should, it doesn't need it, you know what so that with it's being spelled w-e-i-s i'm gonna call it weasel a little weasel <laughs> he doesn't deserve for his name to be pronounced correctly not being in cahoots with orange man and then to have that going on and at the same time you have the fbi continuing to investigate his storage of sensitive equipment government i I shouldn't call it equipment government documents right (laughs) and then while that is going on there's a special grand jury in georgia investigating whether him and others attempted to influence the intellect state election officials i mean that's a trifecta you got georgia you got the fbi and you got the attorney general oh my god how does he sleep at night he probably sleeps in pampers because he must be pissing himself up at night or does he put in a catheter? <laughs> Upside down. Oh. I mean, he's something else. He is something else. Our next story. Out of Florida, thanks to CNN. Florida has an extensive network of white supremacists and other far-right extremists, according to an ADL report. A new Anti-Defamation League report has found an extensive network of white supremacists and other far-right extremists in Florida, which the organization says is home to the most people charged in the January 6th insurrection. Florida is home to an extensive, interconnected network of white supremacists, I hope you're hearing me, I do have the red bar, and other far-right extremists, the Anti-Defamation League says in the report, warning that new groups have surfaced in the state in recent years, while existing groups have broadened their audience both online and on the ground. The anti-hate group's findings are documented in a new report titled Hate in the Sunshine State, Extremism and Anti-Semitism in Florida, 2020-2022. Citing data from the George Washington University program 
on extremism. The report says Florida is home to the most people charged in connection with the January 6th insurrection. About 34.4% of those individuals maintain ties to extremists in the state, including Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, and Three Percenters, data from the ADL Center on Extremism shows. The state has been a major hub of Proud Boy activity and influence since Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio founded the Miami chapter, the report says. The Justice Department has charged Tarrio and four other leaders with seditious conspiracy in connection with the January 6, 2021 attack in June, and all four have pleaded not guilty, CNN previously reported. Florida has 15 chapters of the Proud Boys that are actively recruiting new members, according to the report. The report says a recent leak of membership data shows some 2,700 people have signed up with Oath Keepers using addresses in Florida. While that does not necessarily indicate present Florida membership or activity in, its, in the group, its recruitment efforts in the state are still troubling. An Oath Keepers cell from Florida used a military-style stack formation to enter the Capitol on January 6, according to the League. CNN in July reported that members held a training session on unconventional warfare. At least seven members from Florida have been charged in connection to events that day. Florida has become a hotbed for America First activity in recent years. These groups, many of whose leaders and members have recently relocated to Florida, seek to bar immigrants oppose rights for LGBTQ plus people and preserve white European American identity and culture, according to the report. The report also highlights an alarming rise in anti-Semitic incidents and hate crimes in the state over the past two years, noting that the number of reported incidents of anti-Semitism rose by 50% in 2021 over 2020. The Adel Center on Extremism also recorded the distribution of more than 400 instances of white supremacist propaganda in the state from January 2020 to August 2022. Y'all can preserve your white European American identity and culture because you have none of that. And uh, you all can keep your stale, your pale food. Your chicken, when you cook it, it's still white. We don't want that. You can oh, keep Lord. that. <laughs> I'm sorry, but what's <laughs> Let me interrupt your rant. <laughs> Ain't nobody want that. Did you say Enrico something, and whatever? Yes, That's not the Spanish yes. name. He is, he, uh, but Javette, how many times have we said in here that a lot of these Hispanic, they think they're white until they open their mouth and the accent gives them away. They swear they're white, especially if they have more European features. Wow. Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm going to yield on this one. And guess what? Guess what, Javed? You can't blame them for feeling that way. Remember the other day, about a week or two weeks ago, when the um, Amber Alert came through while I was on air with y'all, and um, I read the description of the man, and they have him as a white Hispanic. When you look at him, and I remember saying he looks just his complexion everything it's like looking at fabian how they get white out of that but that's how they classify them so they have already empowered them and have them brainwashed to think they are white 
They enter the country, they, they, they classify them as white. White Latino. Yeah, they, they, I've seen that in New York when I used to live there as well. You have the dark Latino and the white Latino. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And them think them better than everybody else. Yeah. You have the Cubans think they're better than the uh, Dominicans. And then you have the Puerto Ricans who think they're better than both of them. Right? <laughs> because they are part of a U.S. territory. It's ridiculous. It's truly ridiculous. And um, not to go off on a tangent, but last night I went into a room with that Fabian was in um, talking about Afro-Latinos within Latin America. And it was pretty interesting. I learned some things. Um, a lot of Jamaicans, well, not, yeah, 3,000 is a lot, went to Ecuador. Was it that? Yeah, went into Ecuador to, um, was it Ecuador? Hold on. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Uh, hold on. Let me make sure I'm looking at my map. You see, bear with me here because, but I think it was, yeah, went into Ecuador to help build a railroad. I had no idea about it. Many of them died because, of course, they could not um, deal with the treacherous conditions um, in the mines and that sort of thing. So, so many of them died. Um, yeah, Ecuador. Yeah. So many of them died. Um, some of them, you know, stayed in Ecuador. And, of course, you, 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 you move through society and you become a part of the country, right? So they're part of the Afro-Latino group in Ecuador. So too, you have a Jamaicans that live in Nicaragua. There's a Jamaican community in Costa Rica. There's a Jamaican community in Belize, in Panama, throughout. Um, which made me realize. I stepped back and I said, let me, let, let me look at my family um, just for a second, right? Now, of course, we come from all over. All of us in the Caribbean, if you ask me, come from all over, right? But I'm looking at my family and I'm like, I have family in Trinidad. I have family in the Cayman Islands. I have family in Belize. I have family in Panama. I have family in Australia. Family that was born in Germany. Family born in France. Family in, 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 in uh, South Korea. Family in, in England. And I want to, if you notice what I'm saying, we are spread all over the world. So how do we really step back and say, we don't like people from this country or that country? How can we do that as a people? How can we not like each other when we are somehow woven together? Because families spread out, family in Canada, family in the U.S., how could I leave those out, right? We have family all over the globe. And then what do they do? They have children there. So those children have children and they build up a community there. This world is closer than, this hate needs to stop because we're hating our family members. This division needs to stop because we're dividing our family members. 
Let's all think about it. And all of us in the Caribbean can relate to that, where we all have family that has spread their wings, gone all over the globe, started lives, raised families and their children, and the generations continue there. Can you imagine being at a family reunion and everybody's showing up and you're hearing all the different accents? Some who probably don't even speak English, but you're all related. That's true. All different hues, all different languages. Yep. Yeah. Roots can be traced back to Scotland. Roots can be traced back to Spain. Roots can be traced to Cuba. Roots can be... It's ridiculous. We are the world. Every single one of us, no matter what you want to think, we are the world. So we really need to stop this division and this hatred and this animosity. It is not necessary. When you think, let's hone in in the islands, right? So you have family in Antigua and Barbuda. One moves to one end of the island, one moves to the other and never see each other for years to come. They have their own families. Right? Think about that. You have family out there you don't even know exists. You have cousins that you don't even know. Uncles you don't know. Aunts you don't know. But we're going to say we don't like this. We don't like that. I, oh, I don't like the people from Montego Bay. But yeah, we have family in Montego Bay. I don't like the people in St. Thomas. But we have family in St. Thomas. I don't like the people in Portland. We need to. We just need to stop. Oh, I can't stand the Latinos. But every single one of you got a connection in the in what is con the Latino world. Latinos don't like us. Be, but get, oh, stop, stop, stop. We contributed greatly. <laughs> don't stop right there. Can we do away with it, please? And it starts with each one of us. It really starts with each one of us. Don't make ghosts fool you. Don't make ghosts fool you. We are, we might very well in here be related and don't even know it. Because remember too, that if you go back to slavery, you were split up. Brothers were split up. Sisters were split up. Children were split up. So chief would have four children. They take one sent to Brazil, one to Guyana, one year, so one there. So, so now I have family all over the place. I hope that helps us to change how we think about each other as human beings. I really hope so. I'm doing that right now. So, <laughs> no, seriously, it's so funny. We, um, I told you all I did my DNA, right? Yes, you and, did. I mean, the major thing I was looking for was where we're from, like back in the continent. That was what I was initially searching for. But that, of course, is not where it ends. Because 
Um, it changes in the percentages of where you belong, changes based on the number of people who then take their DNA test. And so, you know, you match with other people and it's, oh, okay, wait, maybe you're not 68% Nigerian. Maybe it's down now to 48 because I'm finding now it's more Benin and Togo. Like, okay, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm more of what I thought, but whatever. Um, but what's happening right now is there's a young woman who matches me. She's a second cousin by DNA standards, which means she is the descendant of my grandparents or my, yes, my grandparents, but which ones? So we're trying to, she's, and here's this poor thing. She's trying to find her dad. She doesn't know her father. And her mom's not giving her that much information. So she's trying to do a search. So she's trying to think that she's related to my immediate uncle. Like, no, ma'am, you are related to the uncle of my grandparent but which one so she's trying to get details but it's really like personal and weird and i can't just like say hey did you have a baby by this person because those people are not here anymore yeah right my grandparents are are yes all of my grandparents are now passed away so it's complicated we don't know who we're related to we really don't. You're you're so on point with what you just said. So on point. Thank you. So Ma- Solo. That's, uh, that was Sonette speaking. So yes, Sonette, that was Sonette. Yes. Listen, oh. I'm on I'm on Yoruba. He's on his Nigerian I'm today. Evil. I am evil. Yes. I beg, I beg, yes, I beg. <laughs> no, if, if you have, if you have Benny, you are not evil. Listen. No. Before, before, before they cut and made the line in the sand, there was no Benin. There were empires, complete empires. Before there was Benin, it was all part of Yoruba land. All of that region, right? So, so the European created the line that divided Benin from Yoruba land. It was all one area. That's why they have commonalities in language, in deities, in food, everything. Because at some point, those people were not divided. So I claim you back. <laughs> so let's go. Let's go eat Eba. <laughs> but the funny thing, what we just, I just learned recently is that the kingdom of Dahomey was a part, is now Benin. Yes. That's exactly. Full circle. Exactly. So come back home. <laughs> okay. We welcome. We welcome you all. Egavo. <laughs> I knew it. It's so interesting, isn't it? And then in the room they were talking about the culture, certain things. For example, nine night. Nine night is done in Latin countries too, not yes. just in Jamaica. And something I would like us Jamaicans to do is stop thinking we own certain things. We don't own roast breadfruit. We don't own ackee. We don't own sorrel. We don't own oxtail. We don't own curry. We need to stop it. Thinking if it's not done the Jamaican way, why you try do? Or what kind of... No. The foods are very similar. The dishes are very similar. 
as long as you are you have any african influence at all the foods are similar you just have different spins we did not originate jerk sorry to disappoint you jamaica you did not originate jerk yeah take that to the polynesians that's that's suya that's suya <laughs> that is african it is suya jerk is suya <laughs> and it's heavily practiced in po the polynesian community <laughs> where they dig the ground and they put the pig down in the ground and cover it up so we need to let go um what i'm called press out planting in the latin community they call it tostonas fufu come on folks we are closer than we think. Bake is dumpling, but prepared a different way, and then can cut it in two. And bake is in the Eastern Caribbean. Roti, that's a derivative of Indian culture. Also out of Africa, too. You see, we need to stop this foolishness. We are closer than we think. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, we just have to celebrate That's the it. differences as opposed to it being a competition. Thank right? You. Just celebrate. Celebrate and acknowledge and honor those traditions and people who brought, you know, so if, 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 an, if uh, a mixed Indian African happened to be on a plantation with other Africans and they said, hey, I can, I can make that taste better. Let me add this to it. And you're like, ah, oh, this is really good. It's like the first time I told them, I went home, I was in Africa, and I said, you know, we had fried fried yam. And I said, man, have you ever tried that with ketchup? Oh, my God. It was a hit. It was like, what is ketchup? What is ketchup? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's just it's different. We just have to celebrate variety and difference. We're all one. We're all, now, for example, rice and peas. We have our way to prepare it, right, in Jamaica. And there are different variations. And what I don't like is when one Jamaican tell me, say, I say I cook rice and peas. You cook it your way, I cook it mine. Right? Point blank. Some people put corned pork in their rice and peas. Some people put a piece of pig's tail in their rice and peas. Some people don't. Some people make their rice and peas with coconut milk. Some people don't. And there's no rule that says rice and peas has to be made with coconut milk. But some people, most Jamaicans do. Now let's jump on over to Cuba. Moros or Congri. It's rice and peas. They don't put coconut milk, but it is rice and peas. And they cook it with pork. They put the same seasonings in it. No difference. Have you seen Korean <laughs> rice and peas? No, I have not. And I would love to. It is, they call it purple rice. Because they use these tiny beans. I don't think it's adzuki, but these tiny red beans in the rice, and it's it looks like rice and peas at the first glance. Mm. Yeah. Wow. wow! It's like the jollof war. It's like the jollof wars in Africa. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try Senegal, I'm gonna try cooking that sonnet. I want to try cooking jollof rice. Jollof I'm coming, rice? but it's I'm not coming. <laughs> you have cooked it, sonnet. No, I've never cooked it. And then, but my, my neighbor just gave me a whole bunch of tomatoes. Maybe now is the time to do it because I have to roast those tomatoes and the, and, and the peppers and 
blend it together and put it in the right. I think I may try it this weekend. Try it, girl. Try it. And let yeah. me taste it through through um telepathy. <laughs> okay, I'm coming. So, Give me the address. Miss Miss Me says Jollof. Sorry, but Nigerians win. Oh, there's a huge war between who has the best jollof. But jollof is very similar to the Spanish yellow rice. That what's missing is the seasoning in terms of the tomato and the sweet peppers and the hot peppers. But it's similar. Same rice that's used to make paella. Very it's similar. Rice in the in this in south of, in the south of the United States, in yeah. Carolina. Exactly. Red rice in Louisiana. All right. So we're not different, folks. We the same. Embrace it. <laughs> there may be things that we don't like about each other, and that's okay. I don't like when one person does this, or you know, but that's okay. But stop the hate. Stop it. All right? Going to take another quick music break. When we return, it is business and tech news. Here's some more throwback Thursday music for you. Hashtag TBT. Music from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s.
Thank you to all of our listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, JohnOradio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me. You're listening to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at MeMediaMoments on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok, Moments With Me Media. And the mean everything is MI. It is Retro Thursday, hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday. We're playing music from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Coming up right after this, we do have business and tech news, so keep it locked. You're listening to UB40. Here I am. I'm going to squeeze in one more before we get going. <laughs> Thank you for allowing me. Love has found its way In our hearts today, yeah Love has found its way in our hearts Definitely let love find its way into your hearts every day. There's nothing, nothing that can go wrong when too hard. It's like an everlasting song. It's like an everlasting song. The moon shines bright over yonder, yeah. And it makes me feel so fine. I'm so thankful, so thankful, baby, that Jah has made you mine. I'm so thankful that Jah has made you mine Cause love has found its way and You're listening to the voice of Dennis Brown In our hearts today On this retro Thursday Also coming up later on we do have Caribbean Corner Quite a few stories there Stories out of Latin America, Beliefs are Not News and Entertainment News So you definitely don't want to go anywhere 
And it is time for business and tech news. Let's go ahead and get into that. And first up, we have this one. Content creators to receive 45% of revenue from ads on YouTube shorts. So all you content creators, listen up. Story courtesy of Baller Alert. Advertising will now be shown on YouTube Shorts, and content creators will be able to reap 45% of the revenue from them. Content creators have a new way of making money, and it is going to be through having an advertisement on their YouTube Short content. YouTube made the announcement on Tuesday, and the percentage is a 10% increase from what a content creator can earn from ads on their other YouTube content. This is according to CNBC TV. We want YouTube to be the place that gives creators the greatest support within the changing digital landscape. That's according to Neil Mohan. Let me tell you something. I need to get my act together. I've been lazy AF. Lazy, lazy, lazy. And um, not only that, but more overwhelmed let me let me use that let me put it that way because it's a content creation is a lot of work i'm struggling just to put things up on um ig and on tiktok and i'm trying i'm really trying I, i'm i've made a commitment that this week i'm gonna do it at least once a day right at least one thing a day i'm gonna try my best but when I saw this, I was like, okay, come on, come on moments, get it together, get it together. Start with YouTube shorts um, and build from there because to really reap the benefits from uh, YouTube, you want to have your videos at least 20 minutes long, right? And you want to make sure you have ads in there because that's how you generate revenue. So someone I know, we used to work together, right? I was her supervisor. And I remember her daughter had been badgering her to do a YouTube channel. And she kept putting off her daughter and put her off and pull her off and put her off and put her off. Anyway, long story short, company did a huge layoff. She got laid off. So she finally decided to listen to her daughter. So give you a little backstory. The channel she, she started the channel the channel was started back on february 3 2019 to date 79,435,411 million four hundred and thirty five thousand four hundred and eleven views to date subscribers four hundred and thirty six thousand subscribers she has been able to purchase a brand new home in Texas. I'm so proud of her. Follow your dreams. And sometimes listen to your children or listen to the person that's in your ear saying, do it, do it, do it, do it. Because we have chained ourselves to nine to fives. We have chained ourselves to the desks of others, making them wealthy. We are not allowing ourselves to flourish 
We are not using our God-given talents. I remember a couple of years ago, I heard, um, I think it was T.D. Jakes who said, if you drive past a cemetery, the number of undeveloped dreams that are laying there, whatever that dream is, follow through. We all have a talent. Jay-Z said it. We all have a talent. We just need to figure out what it is, hone it, and use it. And stop allowing ourselves to be enslaved mentally and then physically. Even if you want to keep the nine to five because of um, benefits, because we know medical is expensive and any subsidy you can get, you take it, right? But find that little side hustle. 2019, three years later, 79 million views. For almost a half a million subscribers. And then there's a, there's a family that she's friends with. I don't know them personally. I, I don't remember the young lady. But this family. And oh, her daughter now also has her own YouTube channel. Now, the friend, they have a family with over 2.75 million subscribers. When did they start their channel? January 5, 2017. 728,552,556 views. And all they do is vlog their daily life. That's it. Just vlog their daily life. And if we want to bring it to, let's look at one of our favorite families. Let's talk about MTM family. Tammy and Wayne Mitchell out of Jamaica. Look at what they've been able to do. They've been able to get themselves a new vehicle, uh, renovate their home, and it's going on. So who is limiting us? Who is stopping us? We're stopping ourselves. All right. We are stopping ourselves. So, just a reminder, content creators are to receive 45% of revenue from ads on YouTube shorts. What we need to do is encourage each other, push each other, motivate each other to step out on whatever the dream is. Just start. It doesn't have to be perfect. If you're waiting for perfection, it will never happen. And understand, and here's the thing. Understand that you are going to be criticized, but be your biggest critic. Don't be afraid to call yourself out on your blunders and your stumbles. And, but, but hear what? Get up, dust yourself off, and keep moving. Your biggest critics are going to be people who have never done it. Understand that too, right? Understand that too. But also understand that you can't be everybody cup of tea in the words of Queenie. You cannot be everybody's cup of tea. And people are assigned jobs out there. And some people are assigned the task of hating. Understand that too. And once you understand that and you're able to push through and navigate, you know, continue on your course, you'll be all right. Learn to block out. Put on your horse blinders. You ever go to the horse race and watch the horses going down the track? 
they're not worried about the horse to the life left or the right because they have those horse blinders on for a reason because if they take those blinders off the horses god forbid what's going to happen on that track they'll be like wild animals so we too have to train ourselves to be disciplined consistent and always be in the pursuit of improving yourself take criticism with a grain of salt because you're going to get all types of criticism. You're going to get good criticism. You're going to get bad criticism. You're going to get criticism that's supposed to help you be better and improve. It's for you to filter it out just and sieve it out. Just like you put flour in a sift. Yeah. All right. But let us stop limiting ourselves. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, naturalist. And it's for the past two years, I'm supposed to start to a personal YouTube channel. Mm. And I can't get started because the question I always ask myself is, is my life interested enough for people want to see what I'm doing on a daily basis? And I all come to the conclusion said no. So I just haven't started. So I don't know. Start with the hot, the hot ones that we were supposed to do like 10 years ago. Still again? <laughs> Kevrock is coming for you. You have stuff that you should have done 10 years ago, naturalist? <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> but, <laughs> don't make him scandal, uh, yo. <laughs> exactly. When I start telling his business. Hey, hey come true with it. But there, let me get my coffee and my popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but definitely, you know, um, I thought about doing a, a, a personal YouTube channel and uh, I just haven't got around to doing it because it just, I don't know. Plus also, as I said, it takes discipline. The discipline to always grab a camera or always grab your phone to catch some moment that you think is going to be interesting. So, I don't know. Maybe next year I'll start it. God's willing. So, so go ahead, Kevrock. Go right ahead. No, I was thinking, as naturally naturalist was talking that, um, morning everyone, by the way, um, that sometimes we think that we have to do things in a, in a big portion um, instead of grabbing it twice a week, start off maybe like with once a week and then you, you, you build up your momentum, you know. Um, also, as you, you spoke a while ago, you spoke of, um, you know, listening to people who who have done it before you. Yes, that that is true. Um, because sometimes some of your detractors are people who have never done it before. However... I guess the caveat something is to is that people who have done it before, they might be quote unquote experts. But uh, <laughs> I was listening to a podcast with uh, Carol's daughter called um, "Oh I Built This," mm -hmm. and she was pretty much saying that sometimes you do not listen to the experts and just follow your your drive and your passion for what you're doing, because if she had listened to the experts, she she wouldn't have had the success that uh, she has had. So sometimes you have to go against what the experts say. Yeah. Hold on. Carol's daughter, isn't she the one that started in her kitchen and then sold it to one of these large well, companies? Something like that. Yeah. Out yeah. of Brooklyn. Yeah. I remember um, her, she became a over, well, not an overnight success. Let me not use that word because she was grinding in her kitchen. But I remember she was propelled when um, Jada Pinkett Smith and Mary J. Blige endorsed her. 
Yeah, I remember that. And then I, you know, fast forward a couple of years, she decided to sell the company. Not sure why, not sure if she still has stake ownership in the um, brand. I don't know. But um, yeah, you're right. Gut instinct. It's in us. You got to trust our instincts too, right? So content creators, get a busy naturalist. Start with shorts, right? A one minute, a, a, a two minute, a three minute. Um, what I learned is that you just film yourself throughout the day, right? And then you edit. Just take little clips from little pieces, little pieces of your day and stitch them together, right? Um, and you might think you're, you, your life is not exciting enough and you may be surprised. There is another family, well, a couple, well, they're a family now. What am I saying? They're a family now. Um, they moved to Texas to bought a farm. They have a lot of cows. They built their home and I've watched the home from scratch. It's finished now. And now they're working on um, adding more solar panels. Oh my gosh. I think the name of them is Life Uncontained. Yes, Life Uncontained. Young couple. They quit their jobs, sold their home in Florida, moved over to um, Texas, bought a piece of land. They were living in the barn, barn that was on the house. How many of us on the land? How many of us going to do that? The barn have hole in it and all of that. But they lived in the barn, got two containers, built a container home themselves. The only thing they had people come in to do was to spray the um insulation the foam insulation they did everything themselves yeah they did everything so don't 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 um think that oh my gosh my life is not who would have thought that just watching people build a house would be exciting well they started on december 25th 2017 219 million views and they have over 1.35 million subscribers and it is the revenue that they have used to help to continue their building, their construction. And they're living off the grid, living a life of freedom on their terms. Right? They will tell you about how they used to have to go to the gym and that's where they would show because there was no bathroom on the farm. So they went to the gym and had their shower there. Right? What are you willing to sacrifice to get to your end goal and what we're going to do and i think we're all guilty of this to some degree is stop making excuses and to me excuses are a form of fear i mean who are the motivational speakers in here rosolo is one i'm not sure if she can speak but making an excuse is like that thumbtack of fear that you pin right there and we keep going back oh i don't have the money to do this oh i don't have the time to do this i can use myself as a perfect example the gym i'm not consistent with going to the gym once every once every once ever so often in <laughs> once in a blue moon i'll take a walk around the neighborhood and it feels good but then you don't do it for another six months we are what stopping us. all right so we're gonna get past that let's hold each other accountable our next story walmart and target push to lower credit card fees 
story courtesy of CNN. Frustrated by extra credit card fees when you shop? A pair of bipartisan bills in Congress aim to lower the swipe fees. Fees, also known as interchange fees, that retailers pay every time a customer makes a purchase with their card. The effort is backed by retail giants, including Walmart, Target, and Kroger, as well as convenience stores and independent grocers. Swipe fees for credit cards are higher in the United States than anywhere else in the industrialized world, more than seven times as high as Europe. That's according to a coalition of business folks. Interchange fees are applied via a complex system, and the charges vary by merchant, transaction size, the type of card used, and the banking institution, among other factors. Merchants paid about $138 billion in processing fees last year, and this is according to the Nielsen Report, a publication covering the payment industry. These fees usually run between 1% and 3% of a transaction's final price, and stores often pass them on to customers in the form of higher prices. Visa and MasterCard dominate more than 80% of the U.S. credit card market. In July, U.S. Senators Dick Durbin of Illinois and Roger Marshall of Kansas introduced legislation that would allow businesses to route many payments to alternate networks not run by Visa or MasterCard. This week, U.S. Representatives Peter Welch of Vermont and Lance Gooden of Texas proposed a similar measure. Proponents of these bills say they would generate more competition in the credit card network market and break Visa and MasterCard's hold of the industry. Yes! Thank you. When I do my reports at the end of the month and I see what I pay or what I'm billed for, and, and I, they take it anyway before I get the money. They take it out and then they send you your, the rest. It's ridiculous. And this is not even people's swipe. This is online payments. It's ridiculous. Right? So I'm grateful that something is being done. I appreciate it. All right. So we don't have any health and science news or sports news. We're going to head on right over to Caribbean Corner. And our first story, courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com, tropical disturbance given high chance of development. A tropical wave is producing shower and thunderstorm activity near the southern Windward Islands and over adjacent waters. The U.S. National Hurricane Center, in its 5 p.m. update yesterday, said the system continues to show signs of organization and it will likely become a tropical depression within the next couple of days. The disturbance is forecast to move west-northwestward across the southern Windward Islands today and then move toward the Central Caribbean Sea later this week. Interests in the Windward Islands should closely monitor the progress of this system as heavy rainfall and gusty winds are affecting these islands. And we're hoping that everybody will be safe. So right now we have Hurricanes Fiona and Gaston and then there's one, two, three, four. Well, one is just kicking off off the coast of um, West Africa. 
So let's hope that everything dissipates or everything just turns north quickly so that there is minimal damage, if any, at all. All right, so we're praying for folks over there in the Eastern Caribbean. Next up, out of St. Lucia, CARICOM chairman talks Haiti and Russia-Ukraine war with Canadian Prime Minister. Surinamese President Chandri, and I'm not going to try to say the rest of his name, and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau held talks on a number of issues that are of global and regional significance yesterday. Trudeau met with Santoki, who was recently appointed chairman of the Caribbean community, on the margins of the 77th session of the United Nations General Assembly in New York. The two leaders discussed the president's priorities in this role, including collaborating with regional partners to support Haiti's stability and sustainable development. President Santoki thanked Canada for bringing together CARICOM leaders and key stakeholders to advance a Haitian-led solution. A readout from the meeting of Trudeau's office said, Whew! Am I not relieved to hear that somebody is interested? Somebody is concerned because we've been talking about it here. Who is going to step up and let's have conversation about Haiti and how can we move forward? Because they are a part of the Caribbean community, whether we want to embrace it or not. And for too long, they have been blighted. It is time for them to be set on the right path. It is time for true leadership to rise up in that country. It is time for them to be seen as the pearl of the Caribbean that they once were. It is time for countries to stop pushing Haiti to the side, not paying much attention to them, acting as if they don't care. So let us see what happens. Let us see what the fruits of this discussion will be. So thank you, President Chandri Santoki. Thank you, uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and others. We'll be watching. We head over to Barbados for our next story. School here rules still dread. Teacher tells student to remove locks. This is 2022. Come on, come on, come on, folks. Come on. The year is 2022, and Barbadian children are still being told that locks or lock extensions are not acceptable or appropriate for school. Yet to Barbados' north, 672 miles away in the same Caribbean Sea lies Anguilla, a country which has taken the decision to amend its National Code of Discipline and Dress to reflect the changing attitudes towards here globally and within our community. This change will outpace most Caribbean territories who still require permission for wearing locks to school. This is according to Anguilla's Minister of Education, D. Anne Kentish Rogers, back on April 13, 2022. On Instagram, Kentish Rogers wrote, When I was first elected to office, a young man turned to me and asked, How can the head of the Minister of Education wear locks? But the students in the system can't. The truth is that children are watching. They've always been watching, and they are now finding their voices to express what they believe. In neighboring Antigua, after Rastafarian child was discriminated against due to hairstyle in early September 2022, just a few weeks ago, the Minister of Education in Antigua and Barbuda 
is now working on a draft policy on hairstyles for schools. But so far, the ministry has made it clear to schools that rules pertaining to hair should be made within the framework provided by the following guidelines. And I'm reading them. Rules should not discriminate against students based on the natural texture, length, or color of their hair. Hair should be clean, that is free of foul odor and or contagions. Neat, well-groomed and orderly presented. Hair should not pose a health and or safety risk to self or others. Should not be a distraction to the general school population. In Jamaica, provision is made for locks due to religious and medical reasons. Back in 2018, a five-year-old girl was denied an education at a school in Kingston because of her locks. Two years later, in 2020, the Jamaican Supreme Court finally ruled that the then principal and school did not breach the child's rights and upheld the decision to ban her from the school citing hygiene as the reason and cause for concern. However, Rastafarians could wear locks to school, but not students who would be sporting the style for fashion or personal reasons. At the time, August 2020, the office of the Prime Minister in Jamaica reported Prime Minister Andrew Holness as saying, This government does not believe that there should be any law which could be interpreted to deny access to a citizen merely on the basis of their hairstyle. We have, as a rights-sensitive government, always maintained that our children must not be discriminated against, nor deprived of their right to an education because of socioeconomic issues, such as inability to afford school fees or sociocultural issues, such as their hairstyle. Yet today, September 2022, a Bayesian mother is still confused as to why a teacher verbally told her daughter at an urban secondary school in Barbados that she could not wear her locks to school after seeing her on the first day of this new term, September 19. He told her that she has to have them out by the next day of school. When are we going to get rid of the colonized mindset? A further example of the effects of colonization where we are told we are not good enough, we are not worthy, we are not going to be welcomed, we are not going to be embraced unless we do things a certain way in accordance with what the colonizers instituted. Barbados, you have made several steps forward. You have made great strides. It is now time that the laws be amended. No teacher should at any time tell any student, whether it is of cultural, religious, or whatever, just fashion, that they cannot wear locks. And it should not be happening in any country, period. Just ridiculous. But didn't we have this conversation? Was we, it last week? week we did. Before? We did. Ridiculous. And it seems to be a recurring problem. A recurring problem. So let me ask a question, Javette. So someone who goes and puts in 
locks, right? You know, you have the extensions and you can put them in. How is that different from someone pressing the hair with a hot comb or creaming the hair with a chemical? How is that different from someone putting in braids? How is that different? Isn't braids altering the, the, the hair's natural appearance? Isn't um, putting in a chemical to cream the hair to make it straight altering its natural appearance? So to using a hot comb? Or even using color. That part. You, you know, you know, one of the interesting thing with, with these type of things is that the, the, the whole idea of locking, um, it, it disrupt like a system that's been around for a year that controls um, the beauty of black women that's owned, especially by the Chinese. And I think, I don't know, like, I don't know why the Caribbean is still, you know, at this point, kind of stuck in, in colonial ways because like like i've seen a trend in the past 10 or so years that I, like more than 50 percent of black women that i come across in toronto they're they're either natural or they're their luck and it's 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 disrupting a system where you know like i've been to the chinese um store to buy like back in the days to buy here for my daughter and stuff like that and you go in the Chinese store and you see like all the girls, black girls working there, you know, passing out these expensive $50 Brazilian year and, and whatever. And when you go up to the cash register, like none of them are allowed to go anywhere near the cash register. It's all Chinese. And yeah, so like I think the idea like for, for black women taking control of their, their beauty and disrupting this multi-billion dollar industry that the Chinese have been benefiting from for decades. You know, they need to look at it as that, you know? And, and like, the, the hypocrisy, like, to put Bob Marley on everything. Like, Bob Marley is not just Jamaican. Everywhere you go in the Caribbean, I've never been to anywhere in the Caribbean and go to a craft store without seeing a Bob Marley shirt. And the hypocrisy for, 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 for using a dreadlock to promote tourism and we're still stuck where we, our, our kids can't you know like our kids can't you know dress their their their, their natural hair and stuff like that they have to you know put on these like white people here on their head and stuff like that so yeah it's they need to get past this and i believe that when all of this is is over like i believe realistically in the caribbean like for people looking for the, the, the royal family to apologize for their part in slavery. Like the governments in, in, in the Caribbean are going to have to apologize to their people too for stuff like this, for turning away Rastafarians from school for decades, yeah. for like putting them through stuff with the whole weed and stuff like that when that's illegal now. I believe that they're going to have to apologize before they expect the royal family to apologize. Yeah, yeah. All right, so our next story, thank you, James. Grenada establishes Commission on Cannabis Legislation and Regulation. The government of Grenada announced that it has established a Commission on Cannabis Legislation and Regulation. This is in keeping with the transformative policy of the government to legalize cannabis within a legal and regulatory framework, develop the cannabis industry, and maximize the potential of hemp and its byproducts. The commission is mandated to do the following. 
hold broad-based consultations, and engage in public awareness on the policy decision to legalize cannabis within a legal and regulatory framework to develop cannabis industries and maximize the potential of hemp and its byproduct. Two, prepare a final report with advice on the design of a new legislative and regulatory framework to legalize cannabis within a legal and regulatory framework for its production and sale, develop the cannabis industry for medicinal benefits, and to maximize the potential of hemp and its byproducts for export. Provide recommendations. Number three, provide recommendations on the institutional structure for the implementation of the provisions of the legislation to legalize cannabis within a legal and regulatory framework in keeping with the policy decision of the government. Former Senator Rolanda McQueen has been appointed as the chairman of the commission, which comprises members with expertise in law, medicine, religion, business, youth development, and service providers in non-government organizations. And there is a huge board. The commission and its first meeting, well, held its first meeting on September 20 and is expected to complete its assignment over a period of 14 months. Good for you all. The establishment of the Commission on Cannabis Legislation and Regulation is another of the steps taken by the government towards the realization of the transformative agenda within the agriculture sector. We skip on over to Jamaica for the next story. Jamaica weather, evacuate the keys and banks immediately, says the Met Service. The south of the island, if not the entire island, it definitely is going to feel... um. The effects. So the severe weather update um, was announced by the Meteorological Service of Jamaica on Wednesday and remains in effect for the island today, with fishers on the Keys and Banks now being urged to evacuate immediately. The latest bulletin issued by the Met Service at 5 a.m. this morning indicated that as the strong tropical wave over the southeastern Caribbean Sea continues to move westward, it is producing showers and thunderstorms. In fact, The Met Service said the tropical wave has the potential to develop into a tropical depression or tropical storm over the next couple of days. As the disturbance moves towards the uh, Central Caribbean, unstable weather conditions are expected to spread over Jamaica's territorial waters within the next 36 to 48 hours. Fishers on the Keys and the Banks are advised to evacuate immediately and start returning to the mainland. Also, operators of other small craft in the country's coastal waters are advised to return to port, as well as small craft operators who are in port are advised not to venture out. The Met Service said it would continue to monitor the system. Next story, also out of Jamaica, survivor of mass shooting at football match tells how he escaped. St. Catherine, a St. Catherine man, is continuing to count his luck after he and his friends survived Sunday's horrifying mass shooting incident at the best-dressed chicken sports complex in Spring Village near Old Harbor in St. Catherine on Sunday afternoon. Speaking exclusively with Loop News three days after the attack that left three persons dead and six others nursing injuries, the lucky spectator said it was the first time in years that he and his friends had gone to a football match at that venue. Of course, he is grateful to be alive and to be able to speak about the incident. According to the police, the incident unfolded at the football field at about 5.10 p.m. on Sunday. 
Fitz Bailey, the Jamaica Constabulary Force's Deputy Commissioner of Police in charge of the crime and a security portfolio, said a gunman allegedly alighted from a Toyota Mark X motor car during the football match and opened fire on the crowd, which included some employees of Jamaica Broilers. The man told Loop News that he could not recall how long he was at the football match or when the gunshots began. Though he could not recount the time of the incident, the spectator recalled that he and his friends were among the crowd at the venue. In those moments of his quest for survival, the man shared that he harbored no thought of whether he would eventually live to tell the tale. In several social media videos of the incident, gunshots were heard being fired wildly as several persons scampered to safety while others stooped down on the field to avoid being shot. In, uh, when the shooting subsided, screams of horror and disbelief echoed across the venue. Asked whether or not he went back to the football field after the shooting subsided, of course, he's going to say no. What you expect? So the con- investigation continues to see what happened. Now, I'm not sure why. So has that ever happened before? Not to my knowledge. You just going to... And Mark X's, they, those seem to be the vehicles of choice when people are carrying out their acts, or is it just me? But I've noticed quite a few reports, assailants um, coming in a Mark X, jumping out and shooting people point blank. I don't know. Get it together, folks. Please get it together. This is so unnecessary. Whatever it is. And you know, Here's the other thing I'm going to say. For those who are bribed to go and commit these atrocities, to go and kill people. Tell the people that sending you said them for go do it too. Or come with you, go do it with you. They're not going with you. They're paying you to go and do it. So they're cowards. Stop taking a little bit of money for go kill off people. It's not worth it. Is this Jamaica, Queens, or Jamaica, the country? Jamaica, West Indies. Oh, wow. They Now they're trying to do mass shootings? Exactly. Mm. It's not a good look, folks. Whatever it is, it's not worth it. And, Puff, sorry, go ahead, Kevrock. No, I was going to say um, to Javed that, uh, unfortunately, these incidents um, of drive-by shootings are not uncommon. Um, you know, it's just some of, the, some of them get reported, some, you know, some of the incidents don't. Um, and uh, sometimes it's over fullness, sometimes it's over turf, some turf as in the, in some of these communities, there's drug running or, or scamming going on and i'm gonna take some man customers and them you know it, it, it that's what happens unfortunately unfortunately so something that's been going on for a while no i know that you know you have the sporadic but the i thought i heard someone say mass shooting so i'm thinking on a grandier scale well, it, it is a mass shooting if you look I mean, at it based I, on the definition. I'm not negating, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. I'm not negating. I'm more so thinking like how we've been having it here in the U.S. Yeah. That's more so, yeah. Yeah. Got you. Yeah, got you. It's disturbing. Yeah. Because football matches on a Sunday are a long time thing. 
I'm sure it was going on before me born. And I remember growing up, um, you pass where I'm from, you go up to Addison Park, you see them up there playing football. At the um, country club, they're there playing football. Um, if you drive down on the North Coast, Discovery Bay football, Runaway Bay football, Priory football, Salem football, Drax Hall football. You see it everywhere. And it's a Sunday thing. So why are they going to ruin this for people? Unnecessary, unwarranted. Can we not have this repeated? Please. And I hope them catch the people. Them Catch them. Please do. Jamaica set to become major player in medical cannabis industry. All right, then. Jamaica jumping on the bandwagon, too. Minister of State in the Ministry of Industry, Investment and Commerce, Dr. Norman Dunn, says with medical cannabis gaining significant international traction, Jamaica remains on the cusp of being a major legal transshipment hub. Speaking at the 5th Canix Jamaica Business Conference and Expo at the Montego Bay Convention Center in St. James, on September 16, Dunn said there is every reason to believe that Jamaica will become a huge part of this lucrative market, adding that the best is yet to come. One significant industry development this year was that in February, we facilitated the first legal transshipment of cannabis through Jamaica. What this has done is set the stage for Jamaica to become the hub of legal transshipment of cannabis for medical purposes. The quality of Jamaica's indigenous strains, coupled with considerable local knowledge and Jamaica's climate conditions, makes this all a winning combination, the state minister added. Dunn said it is not by coincidence that the island is known for a lot of firsts as it relates to agricultural products, citing as examples coffee, cocoa, and ginger being number one in the world. Obviously, there is something about Jamaica that's creating all these number ones. These are premium products across the world, not in the Caribbean or in North America, but the world. Dunn said Jamaica, with its soil type and climatic conditions, has found a sweet spot, which, if nurtured and handled properly, is bound to attract investors and new stakeholders, both local and foreign. Um, what I'm going to suggest, if it's not already in the works, if it has not already been done, Minister Dunn, is all the small farmers, please include them. Buy the product from them at a damn good price. Not cheapskate them. Don't do that to them. Because farming weed is not a simple thing. Good quality weed takes care, attention. You have to love it up right so see to it that they're included and they are paid do not exclude them because that's what we like to do exclude the small man and then we will bring in foreign investors who we will allow give them permission to set up shop help those who are on the ground if they are not um if they have to get paperwork permits legal documents whatever it is see to it that they have the opportunity first before you allow overseas organizations well it's kind of late because i know canada is there well have the canadians purchase from these local farmers all right yeah i, I think it's a bit too late like they already they already the, the Canadian government already um, strike like uh, 
I don't remember how much years, but it, it's a lot of years in terms of the, the, the deal that they sign. And it's like peanuts. The farmers are, are getting peanuts. Like, so the, 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 the Canadian government is the one that pretty much winning because they control the entire industry. They control, it's like a franchise. So for the past three years or two, two to three years, there have been like thousands of cannabis stores open across the country. And in Canada, like alcohol and marijuana and stuff like that is controlled by the government, like a hundred percent. Like I think only like beers and stuff like that you can do independently, but rum, anything like that goes through the government and they already strike a deal which, yeah, I don't know. And then America is going to come in and, and strike their deal and, and just pretty much continue raping Jamaica of its natural resources. And, and the farmers are, are, are the people who live in the communities. The same thing with bauxite. Same thing is happening. We do the work and um, these countries uh, reap all the benefits and it, it, the cycle just continues, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Our next story, we head on down to Trinidad. The launch of Carnival 2023 has been postponed. The National Carnival Commission of Trinidad and Tobago to yesterday announced that the launch, originally carded for September 24, Republic Day, is now set to take place on November 5th at 4 p.m. The NCC said the decision came after careful consideration of the nation's ongoing 60th anniversary of independence celebrations and the significant number of cultural events set to take place on our around Republic Day. Commenting on the postponement, postponement, NCC Chairman Winston Gypsy Peters said, since the launch's inception, we have tried to stay true to our annual ritual, to stage it as close to the Republic Day as possible. However, we could not be on unmindful of the present climate of independent celebrations, which include phenomenal events being hosted at our sister organizations, Queen's Hall Theatre and NAPA that weekend. All right, so if anybody was planning to go, got to shift up your plans a little bit. Um, next year, it will not be September 24. Instead, it will be in November, the 5th of November. So you can go ahead. If you haven't made plans yet, but you're planning to go, well, there you go with your update. We, for stores out of Latin America, U.S. Embassy in Cuba to process full immigrant visas in 2023. This story, courtesy of the Associated Press via WSVN. The Biden administration said Wednesday that the U.S. Embassy in Cuba will begin processing full immigrant visas in early 2023, making it easier for Cubans to reunite with family members in the United States. The embassy in Havana had last processed full immigrant visas in 2017. The U.S. government will also stop requiring Cubans seeking visas in family preference categories to travel to Georgetown, Guyana for their interviews. Additional government personnel will staff the embassy to handle the visa requests. The added personnel are part of the commitment stemming from the resumption of the Cuban family reunification parole program last month. The 2007 program enables U.S. citizens and lawful permanent residents to apply for their family members in Cuba to come to the U.S. sooner than conventionally allowed. 
Under accords with Cuba, the U.S. has committed to ensuring the legal migration of at least 20,000 Cubans annually, not including immediate relatives of U.S. citizens. Attempted border crossings by Cubans has increased sharply over the past year, according to data issued on Monday by the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. U.S. officials stopped Cubans who were trying to enter the U.S. 19,057 times in August, a more than fourfold increase from August 2021. Border crossings have been fueled partly by repeat crosses because there are no legal consequences for getting expelled under a pandemic era rule known as Title 42. That rule denies a right to seek asylum. So there we have an answer for Cuba. Um, yeah. So we should see less boats or rafts making the journey, risking their lives. Um, yeah. I hope the Cubans in Miami remember under which administration this is being <laughs> done. Because they think they're Republican. Yeah. Hey, they're Republican. They think. They forget. I hope they remember. Now they have the opportunity to help their families. And we, huh, okay, it's time to take another little quick break. And when we return, it is Believe It or Not news. Here is some Gregory Isaacs for ya. I thought it would be better. Now I'm a brandy dance stepper. If I am guilty, not God. Then I will pay Now I'm a victim By the words men say And now I'm wanted There's a price on my head so I Said I'm 
thank you to all our listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, the Quality Music Zone. Remember, for quality music while you work or play, log on to www.QMZRadio.com for quality music to help you get through your day. Thank you to all the listeners logged on to JohnNoRadio.com. Don't forget to go ahead and download that Jano Radio app. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. J-A-H-K-N-O, Jano Radio. Take us on the go. And of course, I gotta say thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me and you're listening to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern where I read the news and we share our views. It is Retro Thursday, hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday. We're playing music from the 80s, 90s and early 2000s. You're listening to the Act of Attraction, The Wailing Souls. Or I should say the Act of Affection. Let me correct that, right? Gotta get it right. Coming up in Believe It or Not News, Michigan Attorney General candidate Matthew DePerno asks, what is Plan B before calling it for it to be banned like fentanyl? And an Ohio man who claimed to be an African prince convicted after scamming investors out of thousands. So keep it locked. There's another oldie but goodie for you, courtesy of Bob Marley and the Wailers. Children, you don't know who to trust. Your worst enemy could be your best friend. And your best friend, your worst enemy. Some will eat and can't just do one Bob Marley and the Whalers. We got time for another one. Here we go. In this life, in this life, 
I didn't have to cut the Bob Marley one short, but I got to. We're going to have more music after we finish the news, as we always do in the after show. But now it is time for us to get into the Believe It or Not stories. First up, Michigan Attorney General candidate Matthew DePerno asks, what is plan B before calling for it to be banned like fentanyl? Story courtesy of Baller Alert. So a Michigan man running for attorney general wants the plan B morning after pill banned. And I hope you can hear me. I don't know why I have the red bar again, but here we go. Matthew DePerno is trending on Twitter after wanting to ban plan B, but failing to understand what plan B is. (laughs) When a reporter asks about it, he says, what is plan B? Until further explanation, he recognizes it as the morning after pill. And now the White House is blasting the Republican Attorney General nominee. President Biden's administration said another week and another extreme and backward proposal from Republican officials that will strip, well not will strip, will further strip women of their rights. Make no mistake, these proposals from Republican officials expand far beyond a woman's right to choose. There are Republican officials that want to ban contraception. What makes the Perino's comments worse is he compared Plan B to fentanyl. You have to stop it at the border. <laughs> I'm done. Where the hell did I get these Republicans from? Where did I come from? He's, hold on, what's the position? Attorney General. And he's going to say you have to stop it at the border? <laughs> KMFT, Teflon. Not just KMT, KMFT. And he is who? Is running for attorney general. He's a nominee. And chances are he going to be elected. <laughs> Stop the plan. You don't even know what you're banning, but you're banning it. 
Pause. The future of America looks bright, looks promising. A further. <laughs> Listen, y'all. You don't need no worry about your children getting A's and B's in school. That no make no sense because you can't get C's and D's and still make it up to the top of the ladder and hold these positions. You don't even have to. Stop telling your children to have common sense and think on their feet. It's not necessary because clearly you are going to go banning stuff. You don't even know what it is. Men pull out. Use condoms. It's beyond a comedy show for this country. I can't even stop laughing. <laughs> I'm sorry, James. I just, uh, yeah. I just... <laughs> So here, here are the alternatives, folks. And we are on air. So I'm going to try to put this as decently as possible. These are your options. A condom. Pull out. Or swallow. <laughs> That's, That's all I can give you right now. Abstinence. You got <laughs> abstinence. Is that realistic, though? Let, let's be real. Is that really realistic? If he don't know what plan B is, I'm thinking yes. <laughs> okay, so sales and rolls. Javit, you're always the voice of reason. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. Yeah, woman, remember I tell us that Democrats need some petty people too. Uh, that, that's, that's what they should do, play the petty game, you know, like... Suggest a ban for Viagra and see how much um, Republican would support it. Blouse and skirt. <laughs> Why are serious the dead factory done? Because they're tied up with yeah. piece of string. <laughs> yeah, close, close, down, close down the mark and see, and see what the mother says. enjoy themselves too <laughs> then they're gonna ban sex you do that to them they're gonna ban sex and tell you you can only have sex for the reason for procreation purposes honestly <laughs> he's not getting any Because they're all white men making these decisions. So, like, if oh, women Jesus. suffer, them for suffer too, right? Listen, I don't need to be having a sex. I mean, look how, look how many weeks we've had conversations about articles regarding women and their reproductive rights. And this is what he say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I don't even need to say anymore. Mm-hmm. It's stupid. <sighs> Excuse me, but what um, you what you say? What you say? <laughs> what is that, so I missed that one. So now, how could you, so how could you miss this one? So let me. <laughs> I, 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 cannot, I 
turn it off and I'm dropping the kid off. You can't hear what we talk about. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Okay, so let me let you, we have to bring Sonette up to speed. So Michigan Attorney General candidate Matthew DiPerno asks, "What is Plan B?" before calling for it to be banned like fentanyl. So he wanted it bad and didn't even know what Ellie banned. So a Michigan man running for attorney general wants the plan B morning after pill banned. Matthew DePerno is trending on Twitter after wanting to ban plan B, but failing to understand what plan B is. When a reporter asks about it, he says, what is plan B? Until further explanation, he recognizes it as the morning after pill. And now, the White House is blasting the Republican Attorney General nominee. President Biden's administration said another week and another extreme and backward proposal from Republican officials that will strip women of their rights. And I say further strip. Make no mistake, these proposals from Republican officials expand far beyond a woman's right to choose. There are officials on the Republican side that want to ban contraception what makes DePerno's comments worse is he compared plan b to fentanyl he said you have to stop it at the border it will be no different from fentanyl thank you i'm so sorry thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you for the internet because I miss it as well. So thank you, Cindy. Oh, Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Who paid for is him to married? go to law school? No, but who? I want to know that. Is he, is he, I hope she swallowed all his babies. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, Jesus. I, I, I don't understand these people. Who paid for him to go to law school? His parents wasted money. He's a lawyer? Because don't you have to be a lawyer to be able to run for attorney general? Yeah. Who would the backside pay for him for go to law school? They need to beat him with a stick because he wastes their money big time. But Mark, you being a lawyer is different from being an attorney. Were you here when I asked the question earlier, what's the difference? I heard there there is a difference. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, so uh, an attorney is pretty much um, a lawyer, but you get your your um, JD and all of that. But um, an attorney, you um, went back to school and have um, studies in different areas of the law. So like, yeah, tax attorney, real estate attorney, a criminal attorney, you have different um, additional studies other than just having your JD. Okay, so let me see if I can make a, uh, a, a, a comparison to make sure I understand. So you graduate from med school, a general practitioner. Then you go back and you study to become an internist or a cardiologist. Correct. That is okay. my understanding. All right. So you, the lawyer is the one who has graduated school. Attorney goes back for specialized areas. Correct. Okay, there we go. Got it. Thank you, Kevrock. Both of them pass them bar, but them go back, like you say, you know, similar to the doctor and get additional studies in different areas. Okay. But, but the one... both of them practice law, right? 
just one could be specialized right. in a specific law, but they both practice law. Right. Let me tell you something. Put all of them in a one bucket and roll them down the side of one helmet and go into the ocean because all of them don't make one. Something is wrong with the Republicans. What the heck are they drinking, especially those in leadership roles? What are they drinking? Is there a pill that they take that says stupid? An Ohio man who claimed to be an African prince convicted after scamming investors out of thousands. A man from Dayton, Ohio named Daryl Robert Harrison, who went by the fake names Prince Daryl R. Atipo and Prophet Daryl R. Atipo, lied about being a Ghanaian prince and scammed at least 14 people out of more than $800,000, reports WLWT. <coughs> I'm sorry. In his scam, he told victims that he was the owner of an African trucking mining company and led them to investing in it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm here cracking up. I'm so sorry. The plot went on from January 14 to September 2020. He's now been convicted of several charges, including mail and wire fraud, conspiracy to commit mail and wire fraud and witness tampering. He operated the scam with his stepfather. Both of them claimed to be ministers at Powerhouse of Prayer Ministries. You see why nobody no one got church? When people, majority of which were members of the congregation, would make investments with the ministry, he'd withdraw the money and use it to buy luxury items, including homes, vehicles, and more. He is now facing up to 20 years in prison, which is the maximum statutory sentence. And I say, before I'm going to say it again, tax the church them. The church them are the biggest scamming scheme right now going on. Tax them. Audit them behind. They are getting away with murder. Taking people money. And the people that go to these churches, you know, on a deserve forget scam. On a deserve forget scam. You know why? We have this thing called intuition, which is the God within. It's that voice that tells you something not right. And it speaks to you before you step into the doors. But the problem is that many of you go to church to worship the pastor and not God. But hold that thought right there. Let me wrap up the on air and we will be right back. Here is Freddie McGregor with Big Ship. You know, I, Lord, forgive me. My thoughts ain't right. At lightning speed, yeah. Take a seat and wait till I'm ready. I'm coming, so hold on steady, yeah. Big ships sailing on the ocean. We don't need no commotion. Big ships sailing on the ocean. Oh, say big ships sailing on the ocean. Thank you to all the listeners who logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. And thank you to everyone who logged on to JanoRadio.com. 
Of course, I have to say thank you to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me, and you were listening to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. You can find me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok, Moments with Me Media, and the me in everything is MI. Always great conversations, shared views, varying opinions, and interesting perspectives. And of course, you know, we have to laugh here and there. I do ask that you enjoy the rest of your day. Whatever you do, wherever you go, please be safe. I look forward to having you here tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. Right here on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Clubhouse, I'll be right back with you. We don't need no commotion. Big ships sailing on the ocean. We got to come over. Big ships sailing on the ocean. All right, this is Moments with me signing out off QMZRadio.com and Jano Radio. Take care. <laughs>